Welcome to the Real Estate Secrets Podcast for healthcare professionals, hosted by Austin Hare and Nathan Palmer, who together have over two decades of real estate knowledge and investing. This show is about sharing lessons in commercial real estate that were learned from trial and error and working directly with CEOs of billion-dollar healthcare organizations. Our mission is to teach the insider strategies used by the big guys to everyday healthcare operators in order to get access to the best real estate at the best prices. All right, so we are on episode number five of our market strategy series. I'm here with my co-host today, Nathan Palmer, and today's topic is going to be about trade areas. So uh, to give you guys an overview, broad level, you know, trade areas, um, you know, what's your realistic drive? How far are people actually going to come see you? Um, what areas of influence do you have? What kind of opportunity zones are they in? You know, uh, how far are they willing to commute to you? Because different businesses will have different trade areas. So, Nate, let's get a little bit more specific. How can you um, explain trade areas in more granular detail? Yeah, so I think I think there's a handful of uh, components to this. I think there's, um, you know, maybe if we think of it under the idea of like influences of trade area, right? You know, you have influences in, in our, con, our control, right, which are our business, the services we offer, and ultimately the range that people are willing to come to utilize that. Uh, and then you have influences that are outside of our control, right, which may have to do with natural or man-made boundaries, roads, lakes, uh, railroads, any, any type of boundary that, that prevents uh, certain portions of the population from easily accessing other parts of the area. And so, um, you know, I think, I think this area, especially in healthcare is, is widely, uh, not used correctly. Right. Because I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've consulted with a doctor who said, Hey, here's my five mile demographics. And it's like, cool. Uh, that's great. There's 25 competitors in that five mile ring. Like you really feel you draw from that five mile category. And I think, I think it's helpful for people to kind of step back and, and look at it through the lens of maybe a, a different type of use category, right? So if you think of other retail uses, if you think of the frequency in which you might see a Subway or a Starbucks or a McDonald's uh, is a lot different than the frequency in which you would see a Chipotle or a Chick-fil-A, which is a lot different than the frequency you would see uh, a Target or a Walmart, right? You know, just, just very simply put, different types of businesses have different kind of anticipated trade areas based on uh, the frequency and 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 um, the the the, uh, the amount that their customers or patients are accessing their space. So, so I think there's there's really two two large defining characteristics there. Okay, great. So, and then I, I think it's always helpful to go with examples, either real life stories or just industry specifics. So do you have any industry specifics that you could use to relate if we do a little bit more of a deep dive? Yeah, so, so uh, again, this is a topic of, of broad discussion and, and a lot of debate. You know, it's, it's very common that people use a three or mi- five mile drive time or, or radius ring. Uh, if you're looking at a drive time basis, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, right? If you hire a box in, they might tell you, well, 13 minutes is your ideal drive time. Um, based on your specific data. And, and so that's one of the things that, you know, when we start to work with folks that often we look at pretty closely is is really trying to kind of backwards analyze 
looking at your existing locations and trying to say, okay, hey, where do where are eighty percent of our patients coming from? Right, because you're always going to have outliers. Um, but you don't make money. I mean, you can't make a business model on outliers, right? So we we need to have a concrete understanding of where eighty to ninety percent of our patients are coming from, and we need to make sure that that as we think about future locations, that we plan to adopt those similar strategies, right? Now, obviously, you know, one of the things we didn't talk a lot about is, you know, another main influencer in, in trade areas is also how urban or suburban or rural, you know, the location might be, right? So if we're looking at, you know, a, a highly urban, really dense population base, um, you know, we may only look at a mile or two for a realistic trade area, right? You go into the suburbs, you may get out to three, maybe four miles, and then certainly in, in rural areas, you know, you may service really an entire county, which could be 10 or 15 miles in every direction, maybe more. So, you know, trade areas are, are really kind of a tricky thing, but when you understand uh, kind of the characteristics that define the trade areas for you and your business, you know, it allows you to be very effective in thinking through your market planning. Right, exactly, yeah, because, you know, you're not going to have one office every five miles in downtown Manhattan. I mean, there's more than enough population density to support much, much more locations, many more doctors in, in that small vicinity. And so by the same token, you know, if you go to somewhere outside of Buffalo, right, upstate New York, or some of the places that I grew up in around South Carolina that are very sparsely populated, um, you're you're going to have to drive a while before you can justify putting in another location, like you said, 10, sometimes 15 miles. So, I mean, it's commonsensical when you say it out loud, but sometimes you just have to walk through these situations in order to wrap your head around it. Yeah, and I think I think an idea that, um, that we say all the time is you kind of have to underwrite the where before the what, right? So the, the concept of that is you don't want to fall in love with a specific building or a specific area without really underwriting, hey, is is the population around here support, reasonably support what I want to do, right? Not like, hey, I'm, I love this building. I love this deal. I, I love the here. price. Yeah, I, I live here. I, I can get here in two minutes. It's yeah. like a, a popular one for people yeah, to justify. Sure. Man, I, I can't tell you how many times we've seen that play out. And, uh, and not that you can't be successful, right? Not that people aren't willing to drive to see you, right? I mean, if you have a great business and you're a great uh, provider of sorts and, and people are willing to drive for you, they'll drive, right? Well, and uh, yeah, and th- in my opinion, it's much easier to move a person than it is a business. I mean, yeah. you know, if you want to live by where you work, move, right? Like follow the data. Don't mm-hmm. try and justify it by where you live and then make the data work, which we see people trying to do too. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I mean, you know, kind of the theme for a lot of what we're talking about is really just stacking the cards in our favor, right? I mean, you can just throw spaghetti at the wall and hope it works, be the best doctor out there with the best marketing and the best whatever, and you, you still may be all right. Uh, the idea is, hey, how, how do we look at all of these factors and create an environment where we have the best possibility for long-term success? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of forward thinking. And so I think sometimes just the workload can seem daunting or it can seem like a lot, but if you skip over these steps, then you're gonna be working a lot harder on the back end. You know, when you when you end up signing a lease and opening up a business in, a, in the wrong location. Hmm. Yeah, very true. Um, and so, I, you know, do you want to talk about um, opportunity zones um, or, you know, anything like that in, in terms of trade areas? 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they overlap quite a bit. I mean, you know, you know, in our in our approach, you kind of on a very on a thirty five fifty thousand foot view, you know, you we identify opportunity zones based on um, competition profiling, um, and that's different for every client, right? Whether we, we want to be far from competition or right next to it, right? So based on that profiling and then some kind of underlying demographic model. So, but then it's once you kind of zone in on those kind of broader, what we might call opportunity areas to then really understand, you know, what the actual trade areas are, like what are the, what are the customer traffic patterns, right? You know, if we go here, do we anticipate, you know, being able to have the drive-by visits, have the awareness, have the signage where the people who are going to see us, we're going to benefit from you know, all this around us. So, so I think they're very, very much related, you know, in our, in our, in our process, you know, you kind of on a, on a global level, look at the opportunity zone and then you drill into more specifically inside of that zone, you know, what's the, the trade area that makes the most sense or starting to look at it from, you might, you know, from, 30 or 50,000 feet, you may identify two, three, five areas in town that you're underwriting on, on, on kind of an opportunity zone level at a three or five mile demographic basis. But then once you drill in a little further, really understanding, okay, hey, yeah, to the to our eastern boundary, the three miles is fine. But to our western boundary, we've actually got this little river that runs a couple of miles away. So, you know, we kind of need to customize that trade area and make sure that we can still have a sustainable business inside of that kind of polygon based, uh, more actual trade area. So when we want to, you know, the goal is always to kind of underwrite on the smallest trade area possible and everything else is fluff, right? So if we know, if we know that our business is going to work based on the demographics, the competition, the, the, the retail anchors and synergy in a mile and a half, well, then we're very confident that if we know our business will reach out to three, four miles, that, you know, this should be successful. Yeah. And, you know, you can have a lot of trade areas, too. I mean, some of the hospital groups that we work with, you know, they'll identify six or seven trade areas around one kind of metropolitan area. So do you have a kind of like a rule of thumb, like a recommendation to go through? Because if you only identify one trade area, like you, and you say, hey, I have to go here, and it's a, it's a three-mile, four-mile radius, you know, you might not ever find that location that's going to be best suited for you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of our rule of thumb is always to have twice as many areas of interest than sites we want to actually do, right? And uh, that varies wildly by, hey, are we going to go roll out 10 or 15 sites in a large metro like a Dallas, or are we going to roll into... A smaller metro like Wichita, where our, our maximum yield is only going to be three or four sites in a total of four or five trade areas, right? So the number of areas is largely determined by by our client and where we're looking. But yeah, the idea is obviously, you know, to some extent, you know, ultimately once you've underwritten all these factors to a certain level, it's it, it then very pragmatically comes down to what the real estate opportunities are in those markets, right? So we always want to have kind of two to one ratio in areas we're looking versus sites we want to do because you might have the best, what everybody loves is the best area from a competition, demographic, and all these standpoints. But if there's no good real estate play there, 
you know, we don't want to take a compromised real estate site in a good area because we just don't, if we have a, a still a, another area that's good that has a good real estate option. So, so it varies a little bit depending on the opportunity and, and the engagement, but largely, um, you know, we kind of go on a two to one ratio is our goal. Yeah, that makes sense. I think at a minimum, you know, two to one, uh, depending on how many locations you want to do, but there's also a maximum too, because, you know, if you're only planning on opening up one single location right now, and you identify eight trade areas, then that's it's just going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of time, and so you're there. You're better off kind of honing that in to I would say, you know, four, maybe five maximum. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, if you're only going to do one site, I mean, you know, our process would still on a high level look the same, but you'd really want to drill down um, to an ideal, maybe three to five areas before you start looking at physical real estate, because at that because if you have too many areas, you're going to have too many, too many options. And, um, you know, you're just going to kind of get, you're just going to get paralyzed by the opportunity, right? Because every different area and deal is going to have its different characteristics. And if you have, if you have too much in the funnel and only one's going to make it through, it's just going to be really difficult to juggle. And yeah, so, you know, the point is don't, come to your realtor with eight different locations, eight different trade areas if you want to open a single location because, you know, you're both going to end up having to do a lot more work. So try and just bring that, reel that in to this maybe, you know, like you were saying, three to five at the most. But the other end of the spectrum is don't just get your heart set on one trade area. You know, if you identify an area that you like that might be a three to four mile radius, then try and identify um, an area and that's in the vicinity that has some of those characteristics that you're looking for. And that way you just, you you have twice as many options to go for. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that is wraps up most of what we want to talk about for trade areas. Uh, I hope that that was helpful for you guys, just in terms of thinking about um, what to be looking out for, you know, uh, equal steps. The, the way that we're trying to organize this information is so that you can go hierarchically, um, starting from broad and getting very specific by the time you're ready to go open up your location. So we have one more episode, one more lesson left in the series. It's about unrelated anchor businesses and anchor tenants and what to look out for. So stay tuned. If you need help finding the perfect location for your practice or you're ready to invest in commercial real estate, email us podcast at leadersre.com. That's podcast at leadersre, re as in realestate.com. Or go to www.leadersre.com and fill out our form. See you next time.